Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to be diving into the history of Vivian Westwood. Vivian Westwood was a pioneer in the fashion space and was known as the Queen of Punk. Her story is quite diverse and inspiring, and we cannot wait for all of you to learn more about this fashion icon who recently passed away. So rest in peace, Vivian. Mm-hmm. So let's dive right in and we'll see you at the table. I'm I'm not going to lie. I didn't know anything about Vivian Westwood besides that she made funky pieces. <laughs> like uh, I knew yeah. nothing. I don't I didn't I don't think I knew much about her except for like the shout outs from like people like mostly Gwen Stefani because I'm a huge Gwen Stefani fan. Um who would always like shout out Vivian Westwood or like you know you would hear like celebrities wearing Vivian Westwood like that was kind of the only thing I knew but she was kind of like this enigma and like Mm. a little mysterious um so I'm excited yeah to kind of learn about her and um we're gonna so everyone listening today we're gonna dive you know into kind of her history what did she do what she inspire because we do like to talk about fashion here too on thrifters villa um and then we'll also talk a little bit about like the reselling aspect of of Vivian and going through her labels and what are things kind of worth what are things to look out for because I will say more than likely, it'll be kind of rare that you do um, find Vivian Westwood out in the secondhand market. It's definitely possible. However, it seems that people who get their piece, her pieces, keep their pieces and love her pieces. They don't tend to just kind of discard them. Um, So I think it's going to be a really cool, interesting person for us to learn about today. Yeah. And I think... Maybe if we were in the UK, it'd be different. Maybe you'd come across her pieces more often because that is where she is from. Yeah. Um, and that's where her store is. So it's very possible that it'd be something easier to find in, in the UK or maybe even on the West Coast in California because a lot of celebrities do wear Vivian Westwood. Um, but we're going to dive into her early history, really brief, give you an understanding of who she was and where she came from. So Vivian was born in 1941 in the district of Derbyshire, England, Her mom worked at a cotton mill and her dad was a cobbler. So very much already born into that kind of like fashion (laughs) clothing textile space. Right. Um, When she was a teenager, her family relocated to the greater London um, area and she enrolled into the Harrow School of Arts, which today is known as the University of Westminster. Um, But she realized that a degree in art was not going to be the best thing for her. Her family needed money and degree in arts just wasn't going to do it. So she dropped out of school after one semester, started to work as a secretary, wanted to save up some money, take typewriting courses. But then she changed her mind again and she went into becoming a elementary school teacher. So she, her, <laughs> her, her like, uh, I guess adventures in early adulthood was she didn't really know what she wanted to do yet. She just kind of was like, well, where's the money? Where can I make money? Right. I love that. I love seeing that. Cause I think a lot of us can get sometimes lost. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you see people who are just uber successful and you're just like, wow, they must have just like they known knew. what they wanted from day one. Yep. And it's just kind of refreshing to see somebody who was like, you know what? I really didn't know what I wanted and I needed to find that, that passion, yep. that thing that was going to work for me. Yeah. So she started making money. She's working full time as a teacher, but on the weekend and when she got home at night, she was working on jewelry. That's what she was doing. And then she'd go to the Portobello Road Market, which is an outdoor market in the UK, and she'd sell her handmade creations. She wasn't making a lot of money, but for her, that became her passion. And this is where the love of fashion started to Mm -hmm. come in for her. In 1962, she married Derek Westwood, which is where the last name comes from. They had one son, But Vivian admits that domestic life, it just wasn't for her. And it was very boring to her. Um, There isn't much mention of her son. Like, I don't really know anything about him. I feel like the things that I, the things that we looked up, whether it was on YouTube or Googling, doesn't really touch upon the personal life. And that's fine. So Mm -hmm. we just know she had one son. Um, So things don't really go or start to kind of crumble with her husband, Mr. Westwood. And Vivian's brother introduces her to Malcolm McLaren. Now, Malcolm McLaren is a big deal when it comes to Vivian Westwood, and you're going to find out why. So Malcolm was an art student in London working in a punk fashion boutique, and it was called Paradise Garage. And this is kind of where everything gets started. 
Vivian was really into him. She admired him. He was a free spirit and kind of had this lifestyle that Vivian really wanted. Mm -hmm. So in 1965, Vivian divorces her husband, Mr. Westwood, and starts a relationship with Malcolm. And in 1971, Malcolm ends up taking over the punk fashion boutique and changes the name to Let It Rock. So during this time, the what is called Teddy Boy culture um, is really big in the UK. And what that really means is youth that was really into rock and roll. So draped jackets, pencil skirts, leather, chunky shoes, dark color palette, dark academia, right? Punk. <laughs> that's what they're into. That's what they're wearing. And that's what this new Let It Rock establishment is focusing on. Well, Vivian starts to design clothes for the store and she's making graphic tees. But they weren't just any graphic tees. They were pretty provocative in nature. Things that we probably wouldn't talk about here on the podcast, <laughs> but you can Google what these t-shirts look like. And they were just things that pushed the boundary of what was acceptable in society at the time. That's just who she was. Um, her designs always had some type of political agenda behind it, referencing what was going on in the world. So that was her inspiration. And Vivian always wore her own designs. And she kind of started to change the appearance and match what she was wearing to what she was designing and mm -hmm. trying to create this more of a punk rocker look for herself because that's the type of clientele that she was trying to achieve, right? To come into the store. Right. So as her appearance is starting to change, it's become a little more radical for the times, okay? Because we're talking the 70s, so... Punk was, it was definitely a radical movement. Vivian leaves her teaching job. She says, you know what? I am transforming. I want to be a full-time designer. This is what I love. This is what I want to do. So she leaves. She becomes a full-time designer and starts to design other articles of clothing besides graphic tees, like shoes, jackets, dresses. So she branches out. And mm -hmm. she's, I believe it's just her, maybe a couple other people designing things with her. She's designing it, maybe a couple of the seamstresses, I should say, helping um, <laughs> with this. So in 1973, Vivian and Malcolm actually decide, you know what, we're going to rename the store again. You're going to hear this happen a few times in their history. So now <laughs> it goes to too fast to live, too young to die. They wanted to shift away from the teddy boy movement because it was becoming way too rebellious in the UK. And it's not what they wanted to be associated with when it came to their brand. Well, they decide to rename the store, store again one year later in 1974, and they just named it Sex. S-E-X, that was it. It was provocative, it was short, it was easy to remember, and it remained this name for a longer period of time. The fashion designs Vivian was creating were more focused on distressing, so distressed garments, exposed, exposed stitching, simple graphics. Her mm -hmm. goal was to cater to the grungiest rock fans. That's what she wanted to do. She always wanted to create pieces that she could envision her buyers actually using and wearing at rock concerts. So that was her inspo. What would they do at rock concerts? What can I design that they would wear and it would be functional for them? So this really helped her narrow down her audience and sex became a fashion boutique. Mm -hmm. Malcolm became a manager of many um, up and coming rock bands one of them was the New York Dolls, which Vivian helped design some of their onstage outfits. And most bands would travel to the store and they would be buying the fashion pieces. But what ended up happening is Malcolm would have these young kids coming in that really liked rock music. They really mm -hmm. liked the, the outfits that Vivian was creating. And he kind of formed his own bands this way. This is how we got up and coming talent to start their own bands. And uh, one of these bands that was more well-known was called the Sex Pistols. Mm -hmm. And uh, this consisted of individuals who came into a store plus employees of the store itself. So he created <laughs> the Sex Pistols. And Vivian designed, again, all the outfits for the Sex Pistols. And as the Sex Pistols became more popular, Vivian became more popular. They kind of went together. Yeah. But unfortunately, in 1978, the band started to fall apart. And even with the decline of the Sex Pistols, people would still go to Vivian's designs. And the storefront, they loved it. They loved everything about Vivian. And Vivian started to shape what punk rock outfits were going to look like. This is what people were gravitating towards. So even though the band started to decline and broke up, Vivian did not. She kept on thriving. 
And Vivian is now starting to establish her own identity away from the store, away from all the rock bands. And she's designing what she loves. In 1980, she started to rebrand and change the name of the shop from Sex to, oh, I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly, said it, said it, uh, I don't even know. Said it, Some, something, something and then okay. something else. Yeah. <laughs> something, but it didn't last long and it turned into the world's end. Yeah. Um, the world's end is what it's still called today. So there were five name changes in less than 10 <laughs> years, which is absolutely crazy. That's crazy to me that you can rebrand yourself that many times and still be popular and still like you know what I mean I mean when we're in a day of an age where everything it's like branding is everything like that's crazy to me that she can do that but it just goes to show you and and speaks to her like design and like like yeah. it's like she knew what she wanted she just needed to figure out that name I guess mm-hmm. um but you know when I listen to this kind of thing it kind of reminds me like this must have been like the beginning of like what hot topic ended up becoming <laughs> It's true. It's true. I just think it's so like, it's almost like they had an identity crisis and they didn't really know where they wanted to go. And the, like the store name sex lasted a while because it was provocative and that's what people wanted. But I think world's end made so much sense because that's really the style that she always went to was like the political movements and things that felt like they were ending the world. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, so anyway, World's End still exists today. If you want to go travel to the UK, you can go into the store. They sell um, all of the products there. They have their own label. We'll talk about labels when we get towards the end of this. Um, so yeah, still in existence. If you want to go visit it, I would love to visit it someday. I think that'd be so cool. It's this tiny little store. It's got a clock on it that has 13 hours, which is supposed to signify the World's End. So now, in 1981, we are finally on the runway. Vivian has made it. She is on the runway, and she debuts at London's Fashion Week with a collection called Pirates. And it's literally what it sounds like. It was Pirates. (laughs) Um, It was very different. And that, I think, is what she was trying to go for. She wanted to stand out. This is her first debut. How can I stand out from everyone else that's on the runway? Which is kind of who she is as a person as well. She didn't want to pigeonhole herself. She didn't want to just be known as the punk rock clothing designer. Like, that's not who she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So she opted for loose-fitting clothing, color, bolt patterns, and she loved the idea of creating a costume design. Critics yeah. loved it. It was different. It was not what other designers were doing. And this is where uh, Vivian's pirate boot came from. And it's also a fan favorite design to this day. If you find the pirate boot, it is a knee length boot. It has buckles, like leather buckles around Mm it. Um, It's either a canvas or a leather, and it has an almond shaped toe. If you Google the Vivian Westwood pirate boot, you will see what we're talking about. Um, But so if you find those, which I mean, that's great. If you do, it is definitely something that you'd want to hold on to either to keep to just have as like memorabilia or to sell. Oh, yes. They're so unique. They're They're so very unique unique looking. Let me see. Yep. Showing for folks in the Patreon that can see us in the video of what it actually looks like. Uh, The retail for that is $835. Oh, I believe it. And I'm sure resale is very close. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the second boutique store. So this is what happens. We have World's End, which is one boutique, but Vivian decides to open up a second boutique. So she now has two locations called The Nostalgia of Mud. I don't know if this still exists. Um, mm-hmm. It might just be just World's End now, but she opens up a second location. So Vivian's first few collections are in fact with collaborations with Malcolm. We haven't talked about Malcolm in a little bit, but all these collections are in collaboration with him. So you'll see on vintage tags, you'll say Vivian Westwood, and Malcolm McLaren, and it would, and that's the design name. So all the branding, all the advertising, all the clothing tags, everything includes their name. However, Vivian 
received the attention and fame regardless of Malcolm's name being incorporated in the designs. So as you can imagine, this causes a little tension, a little friction. What? Yeah, a man being that. upset over a woman's success? <laughs> <laughs> so the relationship starts to fall apart. Jealousy, tension, all these things are forming. And um, the couple decides to part ways in the fall of 1983. Well, Vivian's second collection comes out. At the fall in fall 1983, and it is called Witches, and it is a <laughs> collaborative with the artist Keith Haring. Um, and at this point, this is where Vivian really starts to take off. Her career starts to skyrocket. So once Malcolm is gone, by Deadweight is gone, she can finally spread her wings and do what it is that she needs to do. Not saying that Malcolm didn't play a huge part in her in the beginning of her career, because he did. I mean. It, the reality is he really did help with the store and everything, but she needed to be alone to make it happen the way that she wanted it to happen. Now, during this time, we're in the 80s, 19, late 1980s, who's one of the biggest singers on the map? Madonna. Mm -hmm. And Madonna was photographed wearing pieces from the Witches Collection. Well, this pushed Vivian Westwood even further into mainstream fashion world. We know even today in present day, a celebrity wears something, a royal wears something by a brand. That brand becomes well-known and people want it, especially if it's a ready-to-wear item. So it's easily attainable. Mm -hmm. So this is what Madonna does for Vivian. And at this time, Vivian starts to shift her fashion inspiration away from the bold colors. So she's always reinventing herself. That's definitely something that I want to say. She's never the same. She is always changing. And as soon as she starts to become really popular in one thing, she switches and does something else. And I think this is why she is still relevant in today's world is because she has always adapted. So yeah. she's away, she's getting away from bold patterns and colors. And she starts to do Harris tweed, which is a more traditional high-end look. Now, I mm -hmm. didn't know this, and I love fashion, and I didn't know this. Harris tweed is a, um, a very specific type of of tweed pattern it is made in the outer banks of ireland uh it, it's not regular tweed so look up harris tweed and right you'll, you'll see the difference um it's a very tight tweed color the pattern's a little different on it and it, it's made in ireland um by a specific harris tweed company and their logo had an orb on it so if you find harris tweed it will say harris tweed with an orb on it now this orb Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so I don't know if I you guys know, can, you can see, see that. that. Yeah, it's a little blurry. Sorry, but folks. Harris Tweed. Look it up. You'll be able to see that. Uh, yes. So you see, guys, in the Patreon, it says Harris Tweed there, and there's a little orb. That orb now, we see that with Vivian Westwood, so we're going to talk about that. That orb is all over the place. Yes. So how did Vivian Westwood get the orb to be a part of her logo? I'm going to explain that to you. Vivian drew inspiration from the Harris Tweed logo. What was happening with Harris Tweed at the time was it wasn't relevant anymore. No one really wanted it anymore. Oh, it's like all old men stuff. Right. <laughs> but she wanted it to become mainstream again. So she asked them and was like, I'm pulling inspiration from your logo and from your designs. And I would love to create a new logo for myself by incorporating your logo, but changing it a little bit to make it more me. So... Harris Tweed said, you know what? Yes, we're going to allow you to do this as a thank you for bringing back Harris Tweed to the mainstream market. So That's the so Vivian- crazy. Right, mm -hmm. that they would actually allow to do that. <laughs> yeah, she didn't yeah the and they're probably like such a like a stuffy old traditional company. Like I could see some like 85-year-old Irishman that's like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, but they didn't even like say you have to buy the rights. They just granted her permission. Yeah. And so here's what the orb looks like with Vivian's name on it. So it's a round orb. It has a ring around it, which is supposed to resemble Saturn, the planet. Um, it Her name is directly underneath the orb. And it says Vivian Westwood on it in cursive. And the orb on top has a crown, right? Yep. Yeah, and it, it has, has like a, a little circle. It's a cross. Like it's like almost like a cross. Yes. It is a cross. And then there's a little circle in the cross yes right under the cross it's like a little circle design okay. as well um okay so she's able to pull this off because harris tweed gives her the blessing 
And in 1990, Vivian decides, you know what? We're going to do some menswear collection. I feel like we are reliving Calvin Klein and um, Halston as we're talking about this because it's like they just start to keep going, keep going, Mm -hmm, keep going, right? mm -hmm. And all these brands in the 80s and 90s kind of went down the same trajectory. So she starts to do the menswear collection 1990. In 1991, she receives an award as the British Designer of the Year, which is very prestigious. That is a big deal. And in 1992, she received the most excellent order of the British Empire from Queen Elizabeth II. That is an enormous award to receive. So she gets that. Now, this event with Queen Elizabeth II was controversial because Vivian was accused of disrespecting the Queen by arriving in a dress that exposed her bottom. And, well, she was commando. She had no underwear on. Oh, my God. I love that. The media went (laughs) insane over it, okay? Insane. That the queen responded because she loved it and thought it was great. She could have cared less. She thought it was so funny. Her exact words were, it was amusing, and she wasn't offended at all. She understood who Vivian was. She was this eclectic designer who stood for political movements and did what she wanted to do and didn't care what anyone else said. I think it's pretty fantastic. The queen was like, you know what? No, carry on. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) And in 2006, the queen would actually give Vivian an even higher honor of making her a Dane. So that is how important Vivian was to the United Kingdom, to the queen, to that whole population as a fashion designer. She was very, very important to them. She really revolutionized a lot of fashion. That's In crazy. 1993, Vivian would start a relationship with Andreas Kronthaler, I believe is how you say his last name. That sure. was her current partner. Um, and he was Vivian's design assistant and eventually would become Vivian's director of her Demi Couture line. So he was invested in the company. They formed a relationship. I believe that relationship still existed to present day. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see anything that said otherwise. And I believe he is still designing for Vivian because Vivian Westwood's brand is not going anywhere. Um, it's going to continue on as Oscar de la Renta, as all these other brands. It's not, it's not going anywhere in the fall winter fashion show. We see Vivian take it to the next level. And she has Naomi Campbell come on on her runway and walk. That is how you know you've made it as a fashion Mm -hmm. designer. You have Naomi Campbell that comes on. We're talking 1993. Naomi Campbell was the it factor. Like, that's who you wanted on your runway. Kind of like how uh, Gigi and Bella Hadid or Kendall Jenner are now. Mm -hmm. Like, they're like the people you want to have on there. That's what Naomi Campbell was in 1993. And in 1994, Vivian had Kate Moss, also iconic at the time, yeah, to be absolutely. on the runway. So in the early 90s, Vivian has officially taken off and she has the best reputation and she is admired and she is respected in the fashion world, which is all she ever wanted. And she wasn't pigeonholed into just this punk fashion realm that she started off at. But she still incorporated it. She may have done like classic vibes. Right. But she definitely kept the punk in there. But like, she's just such a chameleon. Yes. Like, you know, that's the thing. It's like, she's still like, would hold true to like the things that she really loved. But, um, but she's done like everything. Like, you yeah. know, and that that's the crazy part of it all. It, it's just like the designs were so avant-garde and like fancy and whatever, but there always was that element of like rebellion in it. Mm-hmm. Um, which if you guys seriously, like Google, just Google like the witches collection, Google pirates collection. And you might think like, oh my God, that sounds ridiculous. Right. But it's just so innovative for mm-hmm. what it was at that time. And um, you know, it, like we'll definitely talk about this in the reselling. If like I, I highly doubt you'll ever find any of these collection pieces. You might, there. and if but you, you do, might, Daniela I found sell it. Well, Daniela found that Chanel collection piece yeah. at the bins. Yeah. You know, so but we're talking like 
hundreds of thousands of dollars that these pieces are worth now because it's yeah. just they're they're so unique and in the the structure of it all it's like there's that fantasy mm. in it but it's also so wearable too like maybe not the whole head to toe look yeah. i mean if you can rock it sure yeah but like, you know, like kind of with what Madonna did was just like incorporating it in everyday stuff, like maybe just wearing a simple pair of black pants with like a really funky top or something. So, um, and we see this today too. We still see like pirate blouses. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And honestly, if you look at the witch's collection, it definitely has boho vibes all over that. And you can like see, and I can see where like the inspiration of like boho dresses of today probably probably came from that yeah absolutely uh, i think just googling vivian westwood designs and just looking at even the transformation from the graphic tees to like what she did in the 90s mm-hmm. and just seeing how she really like moved with the times but still had these really unique things that other designers weren't doing that's i think the most impressive thing about her is she never conformed to what other designers were doing she didn't mm-hmm. care like, it didn't matter to her what they were doing. Um, so we're going to talk about later in life, and then we're going to get into the reselling aspect and the, and the labels and all of that. So in the 2000s, Vivian used her platform specifically to address political and social matters, especially climate change and human mm-hmm. rights. Those were two of her biggest, biggest um, advocacy things that she would do. So modern day Vivian, she still designed, but like that was her focus. Her designs were focused around these campaigns. Vivian's brand continued to rise, and this is partly because Vivian was never afraid to be true to herself, like we've been saying over and over again, and she just constantly reinvented herself. She never stayed complacent. She always changed, and I think to make it in the world of design, you have to do this, and I think this is where we see even brands that we resell could be any brand, denim, I don't care what it is. When they stay complacent and they don't adjust with the times, the brand starts to fall. The resale value starts to fall. Right. She knew this. She didn't want that to happen to her brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fun fact, Vivian Westwood actually designed dresses for British royalty. So Eugenia has a dress that she wore. A yeah. bunch of royal members mm-hmm. wore her dresses. Um, I'm sure if you Google it, you'll, be, you'll see them and you would never guess that it was Vivian Westwood. Uh, but she has designed for them. Vivian is still very much a part of mainstream fashion. I don't I, like that is probably the biggest takeaway. And she's had collaborations with ASIC sneakers. I've never come across them. But something to be on the lookout for. Um, And she also designed uniforms for the Virgin Atlantic flight attendants. I didn't know that. Uh, And she designed a very famous hat called the Buffalo hat that Pharrell (laughs) Williams wore at the Grammys in 2014. And it went viral. It's like this very unique, tall, slender looking, but kind of floppy hat. It's very interesting. So if you Google Pharrell Williams and Buffalo hat, you will see it. He kind of put that on the map. For Vivian Westwood, um, other honorable mentions, she designed the um, after-party wedding dress for Kate Middleton. Okay, that's pretty exciting. Um, Dua Lipa wore custom Westwood on the carpet at the Brit Awards. Sex in the City also had a bunch of pieces from Vivian Westwood. So we see this in today's world, right? She was still in there. We may not have known because her pieces were catered towards those individuals, but... She was still on the runway and designing things for celebrities. So that is our little brief overview of Vivian and who she was as a person. And I think she's pretty badass. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If if anything, um, you'll you'll know too. Like Viv- like one of the biggest exposures too that I got from Vivian Westwood was from the Sex and the City show. Um, Patricia Fields, who is the um she was the stylist for that is a big fan of Vivian Westwood mm. and um the dress that Carrie wore her wedding dress is actually from Vivian Westwood mm-hmm. um and there's actually this little thing that I saw that um 
because when Carrie tries on all the dresses or whatever, and she ends up going with a Vivian Westwood wedding gown, right? I read somewhere that that dress actually cost $23,000 in real life. Wow. And in the movie, she actually did, um, Vivian Westwood did actually handwrite the note that she oh, gave wow. to Carrie. Yeah, on there. So yeah, that I thought that was kind of kind of neat yes stuff too but you can kind of see like you know she's just been relevant throughout all these years she's just always kind of been there but um I don't know but like yeah it is one of those things where it's like I I don't own anything Vivian Westwood you know and and um I don't think I ever will but (laughs) same (laughs) but it's just kind of a neat designer to like understand if you start digging into it if you're interested in just learning about somebody who's really unique and um you know, just had marched to the beat of her own drum. Mm-hmm. Um, she's definitely someone that would be fun for you to just kind of get to know and, and take a look at. But thanks, Daniela, for like walking us through all of that. Um, of course. Now it's your turn. Yeah. So <laughs> now it's my turn. So really what I'm going to be focusing on and talking to you guys about what Vivian Westwood is just, what does this mean then for us when we're out there, right? When we're hunting and we're looking resell value and everything. So um, I ended up going to this website and it's um, it's called the Vintage Guild. Yes, um, yes, Vintage if, Guild. Great place to go, guys. If you don't know this, pl- like put this in your arsenal of websites um, for you to kind of um, get some more education and research, particularly on vintage brands. But there's just so much information on there. It's really cool. Yeah. So what you can do on this website is you can type in a designer name and it will give you a brief history of who this designer is. But they actually have pictures of all the tags and what you need to be looking for. So actually on Vivian Westwood's page, they do have multiple different tabs um, because, you know, she had different collections and different things that were happening. Um, So what I'm going to do is kind of go through and talk about all the tags that you more than likely will see in circulation um, if you do end up running into anything. So really, you know. Um, they give me like a little bit of a brief history here, but I'm not really going to go through it either because Emilia did a really great job about that. But the first label that we have here, it's called the World's End label. So that's Mm. the label from the store. So that's really going to be like, it's mostly that's her first label really of her own pieces, you know, so starting in 1981. And um, if you were to like find this label, this could be, this is money. This is absolute money. Cause this is where the witch's collection pirate collection. She also had other collections called like the savage and hobos collections. And these are actually all thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. And they would be under this world and world and label. So can I just describe the label to those who, yeah, I was going to just about to do that. Go ahead. Go ahead. You do it then. (laughs) So I was like, it's kind of a maroon label with gold writing, I would say think of like the Harry Potter Gryffindor. Yeah, photo, yeah, yeah. It's right? like that weird script. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got a like a very fancy old, old world script on it. And then um, it does have um, what it looks like an arm. It looks like a man's arm holding mm. like, what looks like an old fashioned sword, you know. And it says born in England. And I can't really. This is McLaren. It. So McLaren's name is on there. Like we mentioned, mm-hmm. Malcolm McLaren's yeah. name is on there. And I don't know what the other word is. I think it says Westwood. Westwood. Oh, it does in the opposite yeah. direction. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this one can definitely bring in quite a bit of money. So definitely keep your eyes out if you do see that world's end. Always just, I would grab that definitely. Um, and then do your research, obviously, because you need to see what collection that kind of comes from. The other label that you'll probably, that you might see out there will be her red label. Um, There's two variations. There's one that does say Westwood red label. And then there is the newer version, which I believe just says West Vivian Westwood, and it is in red. So this label um, was kind of the start of like her younger, sassier version, I guess, of what her gold label is. And we'll talk about her gold label. So it's just more fun pieces, more regular style dresses. Um, but for the range, it's about 50 to about $180 for a resale value of what I've seen. Um, a lot of like new tags, obviously always goes, does really well, but there's actually some really pretty modern pieces in here. And it is a little bit more, I would say everyday wear, um, you know, for, for individuals. Can I ask a question? I don't know if you found this in your research. So Mm -hmm. Jen researched all the labels and everything like that. And I did the history part. So I don't know the answer to these. The Vivian Westwood, the newer one, where it says Milan on the bottom. Mm -hmm. So she didn't design them in the UK. So for what I understand is that it seems like 
at the beginning they do it a lot they did a lot in the UK but it does it, there's a lot of outsourcing obviously mm. that is done I didn't get um much of an example on this particular one that does say Milan yeah but it is kind of interesting that like you know it seems like she went from like different places to get mm. her sources of like fabric or um, tailoring or anything else like that I wonder if it has to do with like her couture line versus because you know how like most some brands do the couture yeah, line in Milan yeah. mm-hmm. I wonder if that's any I don't know these are just questions I have no idea yeah, I don't know no the idea. answer to them that one I don't know the answer all the way but um but I will outsourcing would that, make sense yeah that it probably was from outsourcing um, again, before I get into the gold label, I do want to talk about the the label that more than likely you're going to find in, in yeah. the stores. And this is called the Anglomania line. So this is going to be a, like, it looks like black to me, mm-hmm. like a black label. It says Vivian Westwood on it. And then underneath it in like a curved writing, but it kind of looks like, like graffiti writing. Yeah. It says Anglomania on it. Um, so this is kind of, um, I want to say that this collection started, yeah, in like the mid 90s. So like 93 is kind of where it started, which does include a lot of her Taran designs. And I'll talk about Taran because Taran is a specific type of plaid. Um, but the this is kind of a little bit more like everyday wear. It, it does. It seems very it's like, very um, basic, basic. Yeah, yeah, the pieces, even though it's funny because she brought out the red line and this Anglomania line at the same time. But the Anglomania line, honestly, it is more considered lower end. I would mm. not call it diffusion because they never, no one has called it that. Um, but it's gonna get you anywhere from thirty dollars to like maybe one hundred and fifty dollars. Um, it so it is gonna be kind of on the on the lower end um and like we said all the design pieces that we saw here there was nothing that was super exciting to be honest with you when I when I saw these pieces myself um but I just again I'll add one thing I have found my one and only Vivian Westwood piece and it was this Anglomania one Mm -hmm. and I was really excited because I heard Vivian Westwood and I was like oh this is a big deal because Vivian Westwood's a big deal it didn't move for me I ended up sending it to the real world. They pressed 150. I got what I got from it. I paid nothing for it. So I was happy with it. But it, I, my experience has been great with it. From what I've gathered for most of like all of the, the reselling um, platforms that are out there, um, Poshmark is not going to be your, no, your babe in this one. Like you really need to not, I would not even say eBay. I would say you should, you should be working with the real, real with the Vestir collective, with like those more like luxury mm. platforms um, because the audience is there for that and they're looking for these specific pieces. And I, and I just, I've seen that the prices are, they're priced higher there and they seem to sell higher there than they would on Poshmark. If that yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so now this is kind of like the creme de la creme. It's like her gold la- label. So this is like her most expensive um, of the collection. So it's like a white label. And, I, and I'm and i sorry, I don't have an example here to show you because that example right here is actually a fake. And I'm going to talk about that. They're actually yeah, I was just going to say, it says fake on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so white labels, you know, anything of the white label, honestly, from what I've seen, it's a thousand dollars or more it goes Jeez. for it's insane because i believe that this is where also her bridal collection comes from this okay, white label makes sense, white label. but based on what i've seen that's what it seems like and again and vivian westwood bridal is money like i said like the the sex in the city carry dress was a vivian westwood dress was twenty three thousand dollars. you know what i mean it's just this is where money it, it just like there's a lot of money if you ever do end up finding this even if you find like a bridal dress grab it i absolutely would um because you can definitely like i said send it off to one of these yeah. like fancier places and you could make a lot of money doing these but a couple things like i said to keep your eyes out for is that um they they didn't go into detail and i couldn't find into detail what a fake vivian westwood would be but um, the label that thunk? they have on here, yeah, is that it's a white label with red writing. Um, so just when you do find a Vivian Westwood, which I'm going to say you do because you will find one. I'm going to manifest <laughs> One day you will. Um, just make sure that you you do your checks just like you do with your, if you find Gucci, if you mm-hmm. find anything else, just something to consider that um, there can be fake Vivian Westwood pieces out there. Um, a couple of other things to know, and Danielle, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm looking at the fake one, right? So my brain is like going. There's nothing really about the fake label that 
that I can tell, except that the font is a different type of cursive than what all her other fonts Mm -hmm. show. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to, like, see how, like, the top of the label has, like, a very aggressive black. Yes, um, and her other stitching isn't like that. It's all the way around, and it's a very specific stitch. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of messy, the stitching. So, again, like, just like what you normally would see, messy stitching, misspellings, things off-center. Or the Um, incorporated logo, all of her other ones do not have that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes even if it has that, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. So stuff to kind of consider but um within all these collections like we said if you find things from like the witches collection pirates collection but also a big thing is obviously the tweed kind of what um daniela talked about finding tweed and finding anything vivian westwood tarin so tarin is a type plaid you've all seen it before it's basically scottish okay it's a scottish plaid so what happens is that with tarin is that there's actually different patterns within tarin plaids. And a lot of them actually have to do with the houses. And um, it's it's almost like that's like their like crest Mm. almost. So different Mm -hmm. houses would wear specific types plaid in Scotland. Gotcha. Okay. So like, let's say somebody who was from, I'm only going to say this because I know I've watched um, Outlander too much, but like House (laughs) Frasier. Okay. They would have, or Mackenzie or something, they would have their own style of tarn. So it could be a specific color, like the lines are a little bit different. So you actually do have to register if you were to create a new tarn. So she actually designed and registered her own tarns. And that's a really big deal, you know? So um, anything that you can see that is plaid Vivian Westwood, that is also a lot of money too. Um, Just because it's it's just so unique and it's so British, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Even though I know Scotland is its own, well. well <laughs> they're their own sure. animals. They don't like to be incorporated together. They don't like to be incorporated, but anyways, yeah. But but they're still part of the UK, so. They still are. <laughs> um, but a couple of other things that more than likely you're going to find are, um, well, actually, one more thing that I'm going to just say. Keep your eyes out in the jewelry section, too. Her mm-hmm. orb jewelry. Now, you're probably thinking, what the heck's an orb? You know, even though I know we've described it, if you watch The Crown. Yes. Who doesn't watch The Crown? I want to know. (laughs) The beginning part of The Crown when there, it's like, it's like, um, just how it's such a cool introduction. How it's like creating the, it's creating the orb. So the scepter and the orb is what a royal holds. Yeah. The orb is the round ball. Yep. Right. So So those who watched Queen Elizabeth's funeral, they had the orb on top of her casket when she passed away. Yes. That's the symbol of royalty. That's the symbol of royalty. Mm -hmm. So if you do see any of her jewelry out there, it's always going to have basically the orb somewhere. It's like pearls with orbs or like orb earrings or whatever. That can bring anywhere from $150 to $140. That's actually a lot of money. But again, there's a lot of dupes and a lot of fakes. I was going to say, I I feel like I've seen so many that look like that that probably are not Vivian Westwood, but if I found a pair, I would absolutely keep them. Yep. But the same thing with her bags, that's going to be your dead giveaway. Just like Gucci is with the G's. You know, if Mm -hmm. you see something with an orb, take a look at it because her bags, again, it's going to have the orbs all over it. Also her wallets too. Um, Wallets can bring anywhere between $50 to $100 and larger bags up to $300. That's not bad. Yeah. And I can honestly, I can see the the thrift stores missing that one. Oh, absolutely. Because it looks like um, just like a cheap vintage brand. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. look like anything special. Exactly. Exactly. And then the last thing though, like I said, is probably more than likely what you're going to find in the stores. And that's going to be her collaborations. So when it comes to collaborations, Vivian was all over the place with this. And I'm going to tell you right now, her collaborations, I don't care who they are with. They make a lot of money. They really do. 
So some of the collaborations, and I also have a picture here because I'm going to try to name most of them. We'll the first one blows my mind. Nine West. She did a collaboration with Nine West. Wow. I've seen some Nine West shoes go for a lot of money. So if you see Vivian Westwood and Nine West, get that. Vans. She did a collaboration with Vans. Same thing. The Vans sell very, very well. Melissa, those mm. rubbery kind of shoes or whatever, yeah. also can be big money. Asics, Burberry, Eastpac, like the backpack What's company. Eastpac? Oh, oh, backpacks. Back, like Jansport. Yep, yep, yep. Cambridge Satchel. Oh my God, I want a Cambridge Satchel bag so bad. She Do you does, guys she know does. what Cambridge Satchel is? I don't, don't want to. Oh, I please Google to. it. I yeah, want one. Really it cute. is the cutest, most like New England professional looking bag on the planet. It's structured. It is just, it's family owned. She did a Cambridge Satchel with a tarn plaid. What? Like it looks really, really Google. cute. You're going to have to Google that. Um, she did some work with Comms de Garçon. She also did, um, obviously with like Burberry, but other fun ones with what I love, Lee. She did a, with That's Lee That's interesting jeans. too. I saw the Lee, um, I think I had it here with Lee jeans. And I think that I saw them selling on the Real Real for like $150. I just Googled the Vivian Westwood and Cambridge Satchel bag on yeah. the resale market. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. Google, Google nine wow. West and Vivian Westwood. Anywhere from the, the cheapest, cheapest. I say this in quotes. The lowest <laughs> I see is $250. The highest upwards of six. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And the Cambridge bags, I mean, they're like two, $300. They're not this much though. No. Nine West. But like the nine West Vivian Westwood shoes they have um there's not that many out there but oh she made like the pirate boot version mm-hmm. for nine west mm-hmm. ah see you wouldn't assume wow two 225 on poshmark yeah sold on poshmark for 150 listed on poshmark for 298 these are a pair of like mary jane open toe um shoes oh here we go with the taran um tartaran tartaran yeah the taran yeah. plaid yeah 125 by yeah. nine west and we typically bypass nine west right because it's like what's well, nine why west? wouldn't we- you exactly but like some of the regular shoes too like i mean there's some that are like 48 60 yeah but these you know, boots 70. they're like mary jane boots they're really cute the boots aren't they yes but i mean look but you can see like honestly like 95 dollars, 95 dollars for a pair of nine west that's <laughs> really good <laughs> hmm that's really really good so keep your eyes out for those collaborations anytime you see any of these collaborations like I said and it has Westwood's name on it pick it up people are looking for it and like I said she just collaborated with so many different people like Lee Jeans yeah I, mean, I know who would, who would think but that's I don't what think I, I would list her. any of this on Poshmark I would not either I would he, not list any of this stuff on Poshmark I mean it's on there but I would not list it on there. I would be I would be on the Vestiaire Collective. I would be on Etsy. I would be looking elsewhere. This is so cute. Vivian Westwood for Nine West small mini skirt. Totally dark academia. It's got so the plaid cute. pattern on it. Sold for mm-hmm. 60 bucks on Poshmark. Yeah. So there this stuff is selling. Now, is it selling really quickly? Probably not. You're yeah. you're looking for the right buyer, the you're right collector. The right yeah, absolutely. Or like a collector, like you said. Yeah. Like the Lee Jeans. They're anywhere between like on the low end, I would say forty five bucks to like a hundred. I see some listed for three hundred. What? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. On Etsy, this is like a um like a showroom, like a, a vintage showroom of a collector. One hundred and five. He's selling it for. Sold on Poshmark, low rise, one twenty five. This is fascinating. Just like Isn't the it? ASIC shoes that she did are really, oh, really pretty. They're so pretty. Aren't they so they pretty? They are. I really like the ASIC shoes that she created. They're just unique. They're almost like a mural. It looks like the Sistine Chapel. Like that's mm-hmm. what it reminds me of. It's got like this really unique pattern to it. Um, but they're sold out everywhere. So again, when things are sold out everywhere, that's when the demand comes in. They're sold out on every website. So you're only going to get on the resale market. Absolutely. So again, just something to consider more than likely you'll run into these collaborations. So, um, you know, just kind of keep your eyes peeled. You never know. Um, and I think that what, what is nice about kind of breaking down these like high end luxury brands too, 
I feel like they can be very intimidating yes. to a lot of people, at least for me. Um, I've had times definitely where I've picked up what I consider a little bit more of an ex- uh, obscure, um, I'm probably saying that wrong, um, high-end designer brand because and, and, and leaving it because sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so definitely don't be afraid if you find this, you know, like, like we said, more than likely you should probably not I mean, post it on Poshmark, do what you want to do, but more than likely it'll be best if you work with a more higher end, um, luxury, um, yeah. resell platform on this one. But again, do your research to find out what you have, because just like anything else, you know, there, she's had a long career. So she's had a lot of different labels and a lot of different brands and some come up, some have, you know, go for a lot more than, than others. Yeah. And if you guys have ever found you know. it, let us know, yeah. please. And what you sold it for, if you kept it. If you've ever found her graphic tees, I want pictures. Because that is like a bucket list. Her graphic tees is really what put her on the map. So if you've ever found that, let us know. I'd be curious. Absolutely. absolutely. And, you know, when you start looking at her stuff, you're like I said, you're going to see that, oh, I can see where, like, this brand got its inspiration from or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, again, like, I, I'm a huge Gwen Stefani fan. So, like, um... Gwen Stefani, when she had her line, her lamb line, yes. she took a lot of inspiration from Vivian oh, Westwood. Absolutely. And when you look at like the lamb collections, it looks, it looks so much. I just, I see Vivian Westwood in that. 100%. After learning about Vivian and understanding like where her inspiration came from and what all her styles look like, you can 100% see that Gwen pulled inspiration from that. And even current brands today, I would say even brands that focus on more of that bohemian vibe that mm-hmm. almost cross over into pirate. Like I can see how they pulled inspiration from Vivian Westwood for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is everything about Vivian Westwood. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I don't know what designer we'll do again next quarter, um, but this one was a must. We had to do her. We just recently lost her last year and she really was an icon when it came to punk fashion and just how she evolved over time. So if you have any suggestions as to which designer you'd like for us to do next, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we will be back next week, guys. Mm-hmm. Chat soon. Bye. Bye-bye.